everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Different Podcasts. I'm your host, Key. <laughs> this is season three, episode one. I'm super excited that we're going to be starting off the season. Um, this has been a very interesting week for me. I've been very busy with doing podcast stuff and planning for our next art expo. So we're going to be dropping a date soon. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And I'm super excited that we're planning the next art expo with the artists that we have in store and the things that we plan to do. As you know, we plan to make it bigger and better. So I'm really excited about that. Now, let's get into it. So I had the opportunity to go see Queen and Slim. So, so happy I went to go see that film. I'm going to be honest. At first, I was apprehensive about seeing the film because I've Slightly heard some of the reviews, but more so, I thought that my emotions was going to be like rampage. So I didn't want to see it like on Thanksgiving Day. I waited more so. I think I waited on Friday to see it. So when I went to go see the film, what I will say is that the genius of the film is more so in the details of it more than anything else. I didn't go in there having high expectations. And I think that was kind of why that my emotions was altered while watching it. I'm not going to front. When I watched the film, it took a buildup for me to be emotional. And I was trying to gauge when I was going to be emotional. At one point, I was going to cry. or, But what I did like was the buildup. And I understand people's take on it and what they walked away from. I think everyone had different expectations pertaining to the film. For me, it was just how they were going to highlight this moment of police brutality because we knew that's what it was about and what ways they were going to create moments around it that was going to become a conversation piece which I think they did a great job at doing um pertainingly with Lena Waite and Melina Maxokas um they did a great job in terms of how they did the film Lena Waite was the writer um Melina Maxotas was the director and I'm sorry if I butchered your name I'm definitely going to say it right the next time the difference between the characters I that I really did like about it was like Queen was an attorney she was not religious very independent and she didn't have she didn't come from a two-parent household single parent family but something about her character made me want to know more about her I was like first of all who this dark-skinned shorty on the film on the screen and she just looks really beautiful and gorgeous but and her her features are, to me, are really beautiful. And it's good to see someone like that of that magnitude in a film and then also having that type of control in terms of how her character is, which I think is really important. Now, Slim, on the other hand, he worked at a grocery store, I believe, at Costco. He was very religious, both parent household, um, and he has family. So they were two different types of people, like opposites attract. And they actually met through Tinder. So I'm looking at Tinder like, okay, these are the type of people y'all get in. <laughs> um, swipe. But it's funny how it started out from them going out to dinner. And then as you can see what unfold throughout. And then when they encounter with them in the police brutality, um, the police incident, and how... Um, it happened from start to finish in terms of how slim he complied during the whole time. And Queen, she knows her right. She's an attorney. And I think with her too, what I'm not sure, I, I noticed that people haven't really discussed is that in the film on that day, when they were stopped by the police officer, she did talk about losing her case because her client, um, he was going to be facing a death penalty and that's something that she was carrying with her and then I was just thinking about her character and being in that position from being an attorney and then going on a date and main reason why she went on a date was because she wanted to be in a 
she wants to be in a more so like around someone, you know, she wants to have company and then how it goes from that and where her mindset is at. And then this encounter happened with the police officer. Now, keep in mind, there was a dash cam. The, the police officer was in the wrong, completely was in the wrong. He was literally doing the complete most. So she had every right in terms of her questioning him, but also too, she was very aware of the situation as she acknowledged that she's going to reach for her phone and everything of that nature. Now the incident occurred and then, Slim shot the cop and it was like, whoa, that moment right there. And to me, what I thought was interesting was I felt like Queen was like, yo, we got to we got to move like we we have to make things happen. We can't just stay here figuring it out. And Slim is like, I want to go home. And it's like, bro, at this time, due to what has transpired, you can't go home. The con and then the look on his face. What I would say, definitely Daniel Kaluuya did a great job in terms of the way he acted in this performance more so I think with him a lot of his reactions are shown through his face and I think that's what makes him a good actor in some aspects but even in that scene in that moment you saw the look on his face like shocked scared um and also emotional but at the same time it's like I just want to go home but you can't because at the end of the day whether you go home or not you're really not free when you think about it and I I like that moment that they were able to capture on his face. And I like the fact that she was just like, yo, we got to keep it pushing. You know, we have to have plan B and we have to go. Now, keeping in mind, I know that there was mixed reviews about, well, there was a dash cam. You're an attorney. You have a right. And then also in her case, she will have a more likely chance of getting off free because she didn't kill a police officer. He shot her. But in that moment, it made sense for me why she left with Daniel Kaluuya and was like, we have to go because I feel like that is the plight of many black women. It's like, we got to do this. And I know there was controversial commentaries about, well, she didn't have to do that. Why would she just up and run and go be with this man? She doesn't know him from a hole in the wall because he's a black man and she's a black woman. And oftentimes we end up just doing it just for the sake of the culture and the communities because we have to. And my thing is that she left him there stranded. That would be another, that would be a whole other type of conversation. And as we went and we continued and we went on this journey with them what I found was interesting was the buildup of their chemistry now at first it seemed like there wasn't much there but it's kind of like they were rubbing off on each other they're complete opposites but what I did enjoy was the pocket moments of the joy that existed between the two of them and going back to the point of them being different so slim he chews loud and queen didn't like that she doesn't like when people chew loud and his whole concept was why black people got to be excellent and i felt like that was such a great question to ask because i was like why i was ready to clap back for her but then i was like he kind of got a point why is it this persistence that as black people we have to be excellent why can't we just be who we are and she was striving to be excellent so i thought that was really cool and like to the point of them him being religious he'll pray at the dinner table she was not religious at all and then talking about their faith and what they believe in so so to see that unfold throughout the film and then over time they adapted each other's characteristics, I thought that was really interesting. And in terms of adapting characteristics, what I liked was at one point he, when he was chewing, he was cognizant of her. And so he actually chewed and quietly. That was really funny. And then when they were at the dinner table and what I liked was when she actually decided to pray. Now, keeping in mind, all of that happened after the sex scene. I was like, ooh, and that, that to me had me because I didn't even blink. 
I was like, okay, like this is what we doing. This is what we about to get into. And I was like, go ahead, Kalua. He was all in it. But I thought it was real funny that after the sex scene, now she religious. She praying at the table. I'm telling you, good dick will make you believe in anything. Okay, anything at all. <laughs> so I was like really surprised by that. But then you start to see how they love start to unfold. And the pocket moments of joy that I'm gonna speak to is when they was dancing in the juke joint. She was like, you really gonna make a stop to dance? And when he did that, I was kind of tight. I was like, yo, bro, y'all can't dance at the border at Cuba. Like, go twerk over there. A Millie Rock over there. Like, this is not the time to do that. Like, but I understood it for what it was because it's like at the end of the day, would you ever get another opportunity and chance of doing this? Will you ever get another opportunity to live in the moment? Because the goal is for them to get to Cuba. But if they don't get to Cuba, then what's going to happen? Will they ever get this chance again? And I like when they were at the juke joint. It was a community. They belong. You felt it when they walked in and the people were looking at them, but not in a way of like staring at them and being scared of them more in a way of we know who you are and you're accepted here and you belong here. And even the bartender said that she offered them free drinks. And it's funny because Slim didn't drink up until that point. I mean, at this point, they should just be drinking, smoking and doing the whole nine because of all that occurred. Um, but I love that scene in a juke joint in a way that it really captures those moments. And I think Melina did a great job and she has a lot of skill and extensive resume in terms of really capturing black culture on film and really tap into who we are and putting us in a positive light. And the juke joint scene of them dancing, I loved it. And live, it was a live band and they was just in the moment. And you kind of seen how the chemistry and attraction developed even more. It was even more enhanced than it was before. And that's something that was missing in the beginning, but I think the buildup was meant on purpose. And that's what I enjoyed about it. Um, and another aspect is when um, Slim was riding a white horse. Now, keeping in mind, Queen made a comment earlier in the film when she talked about someone had mentioned to her, I believe it was her uncle that white men do not like to see black men on horses. Cause that means they have to look up to the black men. And they, there was a moment in the um, film when they was driving past a group of horses and they came out and slim came out and he wanted to um, jump up and ride the horse. And I just thought that was so interesting because he never rode a horse before I've rid ridden horses. I think they're amazing. I love horseback riding. It's very freeing. And if you have great chemistry with the horse, you don't have to worry about <laughs> you falling or anything of that nature. But I do think horseback riding, you need to build up a chemistry with your horse. Don't just hop on a horse and just think it's all Gucci. But back to the point of the story, I did like that. Um, he took that moment and he did that. And it was like a black boy joy because he was on top of the horse. He was laughing and I was just like, might as well you do this now because will they ever get a chance to do it? And I think he kind of um, hinted at that as well. And those are the points that I liked about the films is like those moments of joy that made you believe. I believe before coming into the film, I was like, yeah, they're not going to live. I'm not going to lie because I kind of just the way I felt that way based off of the trailer and the way how America is set up. I was like, they're not going to survive. They're not going to make it. As I was watching the film and when the buildup of their relationship and attraction and then these pocket moments of joy was happening, um, especially when she had the opportunity to go to her uncle's house in New Orleans. And when these things were going on, I felt like, oh, they're really going to make it. Like I had like I was like, oh, they're really, really going to make it. And then I thought and unfortunately that didn't happen. And that was really sad. And also too talking about that when she was at her uncle home in New Orleans and the scene of when her braid was being taken out. And I thought that was really powerful, you know, kind of capturing that moment that kind of brought me back to actually um Beyonce and Jay-Z video Ape Shit because that 
was a scene when a girl was taking out the guy's hair in the video. And I don't see a lot of those. And I love when those scenes are happening on film because it's like this is a part of the black culture when we're having our hair being taken out for whatever it could be. And those are our moments. And another aspect of it, too, I noticed that Shonda Rhimes show How to Get Away with Murder, where Annalise was with her mom, Cecile Tyson, and she was taking out her hair. I love to see moments like that on film because it's like, Growing up in, in my culture, in my community, that was always a thing that, of course, I'm taking out my hair, I'm getting my hair done. But to kind of see it on film, it's a difference because like, oh, now you're breaking more into our culture and who we are. You kind of understand who we are. So I like and I like when um Queens, basically her hair was being shredded because she took out her braids and she was her true self in her natural short haircut. And I, I'm looking at her after that when her hair was being taken out. And I felt like that was a very intimate scene, and I liked that. And then when she transitioned from her hair being taken on, then she met up with um, Slim, you really got to see her for who she was. And I was like, I can't believe this dog-skinned, natural hair, short hair woman is a lead actress in this film. And it's so powerful. We talk about representation matters a lot, and I felt like that was me on the film. You know, granted, me and her are not completely the same. There are certain things that are slightly different. But at the same time, the core of it. I felt really connected to her character. And I like that. I felt like the layers of her were peeling throughout the film. And that's what I really enjoyed. I felt like I got to know her more and more. And I never really, I couldn't tell last when I saw a film like that, where a black woman was a lead actress and her, her character was being shedded in layers of her, where she started out as people may perceive her, this angry black woman. Oh my gosh, she's being so problematic with the cop. When it's like, ah, oh, no, she's an attorney. And the things that she's saying is very valid. And she wasn't being angry or aggressive. She was, basically making her points but transition from that to this woman who when as her layers are being stripped you notice that her her mom didn't have a good relationship then come to find out her mom died and her uncle who she basically got out of jail and represented him in court got him out killed her on and that was another dynamic too when we talk about mental health in the black community and how things like that happen within our culture that we don't dissect as much so that was kind of my takeaway with most of the aspect of the film one of my favorite moments was when they were riding past the um, group of prisoners on the field and then the police officers were on the horse basically monitoring the um, prisoners, keeping in mind that they are basically enslaved. And whether these prisoners are wrong or not, the fact that they were able to pass by this scene and they're fugitives and they're driving past them and they're being imprisoned. I just thought that was a very like iconic moment in a sense of that remind me of like, you know, the saying that's been going around or the meme more so throughout social media. We are our ancestors wildest dreams. That scene kind of remind me of that, that here they are on this path to be free and then they're passing by people who are enslaved. So that was a very interesting thing. What I will say um, in terms of my emotion building up. Throughout the scene, the most part where I was very emotional was when the cop, the black cop let them go during the driveway. That made, I was like crying. I was like, because I didn't think he was going to do that. I didn't, I didn't even expect it. And I was really surprised by that. But also too, um, definitely leading up to the ending. I think that part was important. I know people were saddened by it. Oh my God, the way they died. And I think that moment was necessary. Yes, I didn't like it, but it happened. And that's our reality, unfortunately. And also this film is more so of a discussion piece. And what I did like about it is highlighting crab in a barrel mentality. They were turned in by a black dude, the same black dude that was supposed to save them. I call him gold links with the one with the gold fronts. And I was so pissed off. I was like, are you serious? Like, but then again, he lives in a trailer. 
and turning them in made him profitable. I'm not surprised that happened because that happens in our culture now. And in our culture, we have crab in the barrel mentality. And then on top of that, we have people who rip apart each other in our culture and community, which we don't talk about enough. So to me, I'm glad that scene was shown and the fact that it highlighted that he was the one that turned them in, even though he told them that what they were doing was courageous. I thought that was bullshit. But then the way they died on tarmac, that destroyed me. I was done. Uh, surprisingly not really so much the white woman police officer shot queen first and when she dropped down um i like that slim went to pick her up that reminded me of mike brown when he was um laying in the street of missouri for four hours dead and no one came to help him or aid or no ambulance anything of that nature when slim picked her up I like release a whole set of tears and I was so emotional and just the way they died on the tarmac. So I really wish they had made it across Cuba. I was just like, damn, I was really hoping. But then when that happened, I was like flooding with emotions. I stayed to towards the end. And then when the credits rolled up, I dipped because I just felt that that part right there really got me. And I wasn't expecting that. But what I will say, it's a great film. I actually do want to revisit it and kind of look at it from a different perspective and a different angle. I would say whether you liked it or not, it is a discussion piece. It's something to talk about. And we need to talk about films like this and what they're bringing to the forefront, especially when it comes to black culture and what happens within our communities. And I think the director and the writer, Lena and Melina, did a great job at doing that. And I want to watch this film again and kind of pick it apart and kind of pick up on some things that I may have not noticed before. For those of you who liked it or didn't, at the end of the day, you cannot say that it didn't make you think differently about where we're at as a culture. And that's what that film did for me. Now we're going to tra- transition into... So it's been recently reported, and we actually posted on our social media, Gabriel Union will not be returning to America's Got Talent. Now, fun fact... <laughs> more so funny fact I didn't even know she was on that show I'm gonna be honest with you I don't watch competition shows when it comes to stuff like that because I do feel like I feel like it's a lot of politics and I always question the people who are winning not saying people are not deserving of winning but I always are they given an equal and fair opportunity is it is it about the connections you have behind the scenes or is it solely like I got raw talent. I came out here, sacrificed everything, and I was rightfully deserving of this position of winning this talent show. That's my take on not watching it, but bringing it back to AGT. Um, so she will not be returning, and apparently it's been reports surfacing that because Gabrielle Union has been vocal behind the scenes about things that was taking place, like I guess in terms of racial inequality or anything pertaining to gender or anything around the staff, and I sh- believe she told them to report it for what was going on as they rightfully should and if anybody follow Gabrielle Union um she's very vocal that's one of the things I love about her she utilized her platform and she speaks out about a lot of injustices that she's noticed and she doesn't shy away from it and that's one of the things I really do like about her um I I find it to be surprising well it's not surprising that they will not have her come back. What I find to be surprising is that they haven't really commented on it. And everyone else is talking around it and talking about how she were tr- how she was treated and how it was a toxic environment for her. And I just think it's it's unfortunate that NBC is not coming to the forefront really addressing these issues. And of course, they probably wouldn't be doing that. But then it speaks a lot to how women of her Women like her, you know, being a woman in this industry, being in the television and film industry and not having proper, um, not necessarily representation, but feeling like you have a voice. And then with her being in this position where she is on a talent show and apparently she boosts the ratings of this show. People were tuning in even more because of her, which is not a surprise because she has a very spunky personality and a great sense of humor and her comedic time. And I think is impeccable. But 
the fact of the matter is that she was put in this situation and now when she's speaking out about it, now it's like, oh, she can't return. And it makes me question, like, where are we when we're talking about, you know, women's rights and woman equality and this Me Too movement and talking about kind of creating spaces where women have a voice in society and, you know, equal opportunities. How is that happening on those levels? Because if she's being treated like that from America's Got Talent, you know what I'm saying? They're not even having her come back for a contract or coming back to renew the season more. So, you know, keep in mind thinking about other people who are in lesser positions do don't don't even get paid as much and oftentimes are put into polarizing situations where they may be in a work environment that is toxic they may be in a work environment where they can't be vocal about certain things because what's going to happen is oh they may end up losing their job and that should never be the case and then you have employers who say oh well you know you can be expressive as to who you are and you know we want you to feel comfortable they talk about inclusion and diversity but at the end of the day, that that's not what they're doing. They're not being inclusive and they're not really being diverse. And they're limiting certain people in terms of where some groups could benefit than opposed to others. And I really do um, appreciate people who've been coming out to the forefront speaking about it in terms of Dwayne Raid even wrote a comment. He actually tweeted about how he was upset in terms of why his wife was not returning back, being renewed for the season and how people have stepped up to him about the reason why they tune in was because of her. So he spoke out, spoke out about being in supportive of her. And I think that's great. You know, it's good when the hubby comes out and he supports and even in general, just to have people come on the forefront and speak out more about it. Even Grey's Anatomy, um, Grey's Anatomy, Meredith Grey, also known as Ellen Pompeo, came out and tweeted about it. And I really did like um, the things that she had to say. She don't shy away from speaking about racism um, when it comes to certain things, too. And she was talking about the workplace culture being very toxic and how NBC still, um, despite the Matt Lauer situation that they're still a part of this toxic culture, masculinity culture where they're allowing certain things to happen than opposed to others. And then what I liked about one of the tweets, she said, um, white girls, I'm talking to you, whether you truly understand what racial injustice is or not, that you stand with your sisters on the front lines. Don't cut side deals and don't, and don't, not get involved because it isn't your issue because it is. And I think that's important for the women that are in this industry, no matter what your race is. I think that the problem is that we need to kind of band together and come together and really speak about these issues. You know, a lot can happen when it's a, when all of you come in numbers. And the fact that she's speaking about this, even though she may not directly be affected by it, I think that says a lot as well. And Tamron Hall also spoke about um, in support of Gabrielle Unit. And it's funny because the Daily Mail kind of, they wrote like an inaccurate article about Tamron Hall after she was supporting Gabrielle Union and basically trying to put her in a negative light and stereotype her as an angry black woman. Gabrielle Union actually retweeted that on her page. And it was like, really? So now Tamron Hall is supporting Gabrielle Union and now Daily Mail is coming out with an article basically putting her in a negative light. And that always happens you know how that is they always trying to make us look like we're the problem that needs to be solved and that's why i tie it back to in regards to the queen and um queen and slim film even in early on stages people may view queen as being complicated angry black woman but i don't view her as such i view her as to me she's my shero. she's my shero. you know um she's a revolutionary she's someone that's actually she was someone in that film that was a former resistance. And when I think about Gabrielle Union, I feel like um, Gabrielle Union is a former resistance as well because she speaks about, she utilizes her platform to speak about these injustices and issues and she doesn't shy away from it. And those are the type of women I look up to. So I'm 
at the end of the day with the Gabriel Union thing, I think that's messed up. But honestly, she's always going to win because she's very talented. She'll always get another job, another project. Um, and now people see NBC for who they are and how they're handling America's Got Talent. I ain't watched it before and I damn sure ain't watching it now. So I ain't got to worry about my viewership.